0: Right side, Bogdanovich, quick release, three, and buried it. Bogie's four for four from three. Twelve points for Bogey. Back here comes Rudy Gay, slam dunk. Joe Ingles found the cutting, Rudy Gobert, and Rudy Gobert took the right hand and dunked it home. Donovan's back in, he had a monster third quarter. He'll just pull for three and tickle the twine. O'Neal transition three, no good. Rudy Gobert with a one-hand rock the Casbah. A little pump and rock at the rim. Rudy Gobert with the follow. And the Utah Jazz blow out the Clippers in the fourth quarter. 123-104. That's eight in a row. Mitchell, Bogdanovich, Gobert, and Clarkson all with 20 points plus in the game. PK, didn't, didn't you know this was going to happen when the guys who we heard were questionable were in street clothes over there? Yep, they're out. Well, we know Leonard's been out for a good while, but yeah,
1: when Paul George can go, and Paul George is a very good player, I enjoy watching him play basketball. He's having an excellent season, so certainly with those two, that's just too much firepower. For a jazz team, as I continue to say, knock, 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 on wood. <laughs> they have health and protocol health, and it was actually good. I love the way Quinn Snyder is manipulating or negotiating or managing
0: uh, Mike Conley's minutes. You didn't need him. 24, right? I mean, you got other guys going. Get him out. Yep, there's a back-to-back coming up this weekend, so have him fresh. We thought, I thought for sure, I think you did too, that they were going to be sitting him in the second half of back-to-backs this year. But David Locke said if they keep keep his minutes around 24-25 instead of 30-32-34, then he can probably do the back-to-backs.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it just basically... It just depends on what Ainge thinks.
0: <laughs> Danny Ainge, <laughs> CEO and alternate governor. <laughs> like meetings, I'm the alternate mayor, I Instead think. Instead of owners meetings, they have the board of governors. Yeah, so and not Is all it of, Ryan Smith? Not all of the owners want to go. So, yeah, so that's it. So you have to have one of two people. You can't rotate like five people. They have to through. be designated. Exactly. So Ainge has been designated, and you were... If you were on the press conference, there were a lot of Boston questions at the end. When they went to Zoom, there were all sorts of Boston questions. And so I think by making him alternate governor, it takes a little bit of the sting out of, I'm retiring. He was never I'm back. back. He's, I know. He was always coming I mean, here. he called it. He didn't want to be the
1: day-to-day guy. He said he, he didn't wanted want to, to do, do something. He but he, he, he do, said that months ago. He didn't want to do the 16 to 18 hours. And he's best buddies with Ryan Smith. The, the thing that I don't understand is how is he going to run the Jazz and BYU at the same time? Delegating? No, 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 no. He's
0: sixty-eight a- hours here, sixty-eight hours there. That's why you can't do 16 to 18. He's
1: There aren't 36 hours in a day. I mean, Kalani has his raise, and he's on the Zoom thing and the uh, money in the program, and he says Ainge is sitting off to his left. And we go to the Big 12 thing, there's Ainge. <laughs> we go to the football games, there's, there's Ainge. Ainge. He's at women's basketball. The guy's been the godfather of BYU basketball, and now apparently football, for a good long while. I mean, he's around, his influence. Uh, I guess the Board of Governors, so he can get up to see Austin, uh, uh, free trip or something. He likes his free golf, I can tell you that much. And I'm thinking, from Ryan Smith's perspective, if you're going to hire your friends, hire somebody who's got 40 years into business. That's a nice friend to have. There it is. One of my friends texted me who's way into basketball. Uh, So, the Jazz going to be piling up draft picks now?
0: (laughs) (laughs) He liked to get involved whenever stars were available. So we'll see if we hear the Jazz rumored in the... uh In the star category, when stars
1: are up for grabs. I love Ryan Smith's answer. Basically, everybody wants to know, who's got the final say? Yeah. Well, ultimately, it's the guy who owns the team, or the person. In this case, it's Ryan Smith. But I love the way he said, you know, it's not going to come to that. Because I never thought it would come to that. Because if it does come to that, you're probably not going to be in a good situation and it's almost going to be a flip of the coin luck of the draw type thing because I would want my basketball people whatever people in this case it's basketball but I would want some form of consensus this is the way we're going to go so you've got Jay-Z who has been doing it for a good while Ainge has been doing it virtually his entire adult life and he's obviously an expert so I wouldn't necessarily want those two to be at odds if I'm the owner I have the final decision, but I don't want the final decision. I want it to be a consensus. We need to go in this direction. We need to sign this player, draft this player, re-sign this player, whatever it is. There's all sorts of cut this guy. You know, there's day-to-day decisions and then there's just huge decisions, but I would prefer that it would be a committee who all agree. At least from and I've never been in that situation nor will I ever be in that situation, but I think that's the way I would like
0: it. on all of that stuff. And yet, nonetheless, there are times when people don't get to consensus. And it is what you want. But they don't get there. As of week, a drafting would be the most recent. Whether to trade Gordon Hayward or keep him and try to re-sign him would be another case. Their opinions all over the place. Yeah, but I don't know that they didn't reach a consensus on that. On those? I don't think they reached a consensus on either one of those. I don't know. I I think there were people who finally deferred because somebody else had more power and had the had the final say. Well, set. but I'm
1: not talking five, six, ten people. I'm talking the, Two the, or three. the trinity. Yeah, right. Jay-Z, Danny, and Smitty. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you do that for? Well, because we're kind of cash. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Here's something. I, I, I would say, guys, and we don't have to speak. Here's the way we figure it out. When I look up and I see all three of us have our caps the same way, then I know
0: we're good. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Hashtag NBA. And LeBron to, to to Westbrook. Westbrook driving to the ring, kicks it to Williams. Three-pointer. Good! The room.
1: will float it in the Shea and he throws up a three from 37 feet nothing but net Temple was trying to foul him they didn't call it inbound to Devontae three-quarter court good if it goes he banked it in he banked it, it in the Pelicans have won And the Pels win it, 113-110, and they are running off the floor and getting the
0: heck out of Dodge. Two crazy finishes in the NBA. The Lakers-Mavericks finish uh, was right before the Jazz game on ESPN, so some of you may have uh, accidentally caught that as they hit uh, four three-pointers down the stretch on those final possessions, trading threes back and forth before Austin Reeves wins it. And he was fouled. The Lakers didn't get a call they deserved, PK. Why not? They didn't need it, it, but he got fouled. Maybe swallow your whistle
1: in that situation because if you, get, if you call a foul and the ball doesn't go in, everybody goes nuts, and you're on the road. No referee wants to be booed by 15,000 people.
0: Well, then they so, got away with an obvious foul because that was a I foul. That's effort. not the story of the game. Didn't matter because Reeves hit the shot. The rookie... Getting mobbed by his teammates. And as good as that finish was, then you see the Pelicans and the Thunder. Shea Gilders, Alexander. Oh, that was luck. Off what? balance. I know they were. It was unbelievable, though, to wow. see them both go in. Yeah, but 30 feet from the hoop. Two teams going nowhere. Off They're, balance. What, what, and he what, what, what flings do? it in off the dribble.
1: Good, good for him. Nobody cares. Uh, to me, I was stunned that Westbrook did not take that shot. He didn't want it.
0: He had the ball Good. in the corner, and he could have taken it, and he Good. just hit a three.
1: Good. I'm glad he did From that if I'm corner. I'm a Laker,
0: I, I'm glad. Yeah. And he, I thought he held it. He clearly held it and waited for the guy to run at him, and then he took him off the dribble. And so it he was he a great it. decision,
1: and then he ends up with Reeves, and it all comes back to ASU. Because? Because both of Reeves's parents played basketball at Arkansas State. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> I've walked the halls at Arkansas State. You walk the halls. Oh, okay. Walk the campus. <laughs> I've been inside their basketball thing. And then they're, uh, ba- I watch some baseball there. Get uh, a lot, lot of time to kill. Bored out of my mind. Yeah, there. right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. That was cool. I, I like that, that Westbrook was going team and wasn't going star. And uh, Reeves there, wide open, bright pass. And he makes that shot and they go nuts. I, I love that stuff. I mean, it's just a... Uh, that's team basketball, man. This no-name dude who was undrafted makes the team. Although he did average 18 points last year for
0: Oklahoma. It's not like he was he's some total stiff. Coming out of nowhere. Yeah. He's a good college player, but a lot of good college players can't make the jump to the NBA. Oh, for sure. And yeah. He has made it, at least for now. Yeah. Oh, if he never does another thing, so that what? Was, that was pretty <laughs> cool, right? Yeah. It was a great finish because the Mavs had hit a three to tie it up and, and Russell Westbrook hit the three to go ahead and the Mavs hit another three to tie it up. And Plus it was OT, right? It was. Yeah, that was all, that was all overtime there. Those mm-hmm. last four three-pointers back and forth they went. Uh, other scores, the Rockets have been rolling, but the Cavs, Cavs got them 124-89. to So after a really good stretch, the Rockets have now lost three out of four. The Spurs will be here. On Friday to play the Jazz, the Hornets beat the Spurs 131 to 115. Gordon Hayward, big game. 41 That's G points. G-time. G-time went for 41. Yeah, I really don't think about that. Anymore.
1: Does he go G-time anymore?
0: I don't have any idea. And so now is he
1: just back a regular white dude making 30 million a year?
0: 41 points <laughs> on 15 of 19 shooting. He was hot. Yeah,
1: and they'll be here next week. And he wanted the spotlight, and you've scored forty-one, and we're hot, and
0: nobody, nobody knows. <laughs> no, everybody's everybody's talking about the Dallas-LA ending. Everybody's going talking nowhere. About the New Orleans ending. Yeah. The thing that I liked is
1: that the Grizzlies are something like nine and one, ten and one without Morant. I looked at that the other day, before they were nine or one or ten and one, whatever it is, and I thought, oh, I'm really surprised by that. And because when the Lakers got them, that's what drew my attention to it. I think, man, they are playing really good basketball without their best player. That's impressive.
0: Dallas Mavericks got them. They had a five-game win streak. Mavs beat them, and now they've won four in a row with a 10-point win over the Blazers, 113-103. to So they're in good shape. Climbing. Maybe they'll be the team that makes that run in fourth place and joins the top three. Right now they are in fourth place, the three games behind the Jazz. And the Jazz are two behind the Suns. Who are half game off the Warriors pace. Alright. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. Ashworth on the right wing, will take a quick three, knocks it down, Ashworth on the right side, buries the three. And Ashworth's got 10 points on the night tonight. Long three by Ashworth again, wow! Stephen Ashworth, heat check my friend, buries the three. Aggies back up by 15, 47-32. Ashworth a three, and he knocks it down from the left wing. Stephen Ashworth's got 24 tonight. Aggies up 77-58, their largest lead of the game of 19. Ashworth finished with 27 points. He was 7 of 11 on three-pointers. As a team, Utah State shot 50% from beyond the arc, and they rolled to a 95-80 win over Weber State in Ogden. They got up early in that game, PK, and Weber State spent a lot of the night chasing them to no avail. They didn't win, so it was certainly to no avail. Wildcats fall to nine and two on the air. The Aggies improved to eight and three. Dixie State beats Sago American Indian College one fourteen to forty nine. John Judkins set the career mark for wins amongst all head coaches in Utah Collegiate history. Men's or women's, he's won five hundred and eighty three games. Elaine Elliott had won five eighty two. Okay. <laughs> Never heard of that before. Where'd you get that, Yock? Never heard of that before. Uh, Dixie put it out, I think. Uh, okay. Good friend Steve Johnson down there, their SID. Or Utah Tech. Are they Utah Tech yet? Not yet. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. I see
1: Urban come up to me out of the corner of my eye. He comes up to me and he says, Hey, dip, another word, Uh, make your effing kicks. And then proceeds to kick me right in the leg, right in the hamstring. Um... Also, I'm the, I'm the leg on the hip that kept me out for 12 games last year. And I couldn't believe it happened. I looked up at him. I said, don't you ever kick me again. <laughs> <laughs> or else I'm going to beat you up. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm going to tell the media and get you fired. Yeah, well, where was he? This is like a little late here. That's it's like piling on now. Well, sure, everybody's dumping on him. I might as too. And Urban is out. It's like the guy who's... Watches somebody beat the crap out of somebody. Oh, yeah, I'm a tough guy. I'll go punch him. (laughs) Now that he's down on the ground. Yeah. I'll come over and kick him. Where were you months ago? Hey, kickers. Maybe, Maybe he did and nobody took him for serious. I don't know.
0: Kickers are people, too.
1: Yeah, I, I mean that's an isolated incident. I'd have to look at it. Was it a tap? Was it a playful thing? Right. Exactly. I mean, it's all sorts of sarcasm. So, but anyway. But Urban's out after 13 matter. games. I mean, it's a shocking development. Daryl Bevel will be the interim head coach for. Jacksonville. Well, I, I just hope for Jacksonville that uh, the that they have the same success the last time Urban Meyer was ex, uh, succeeded by a
0: Mormon. Kyle Whittingham. And now Daryl Bevel. Yeah. There it is. Those are two brothers.
1: Bevel's from Arizona. Went to, uh, I think, he went to like Chaparral or, or Coronado. Uh, so I've been, and he went to NAU before he went over. Went on a mission, and then went to uh, Wisconsin. And then he's been in the coaching ranks, called the play uh, instead of giving the ball to Marshawn Lynch there, that allowed Brady to win a Super Bowl with the Butler interception. So Bevel's been around. He's got a home in Provo. At least he had one anyway.
0: His uh, daughter was a player for the BYU softball program.
1: Yeah. Heck of a player, man. What a stick. And uh, so, you know, shocking development to me because Urban has found success everywhere he's gone. But he didn't find success here. We've got Lincoln Kennedy coming up at the bottom of the hour. And he can speak to that as far as somebody who played collegiately in the NFL. I mean, this doesn't work. Obviously, it didn't work. And you can say, oh, college coaches don't. That's not true. That's not true. Most college coaches
0: don't. There are a few exceptions. Well, how many of them have done it? It's not that many. So that seem to have slowed down recently. Probably because I think people have assumed that college coaches can't do it. Okay. It seemed like it was a bigger thing in the 80s and 90s. Kingsbury's doing it. 10-3. and three.
1: I think coaching is coaching. I mean, you got to treat people differently in the way it is. I wonder if he, he if he is is Urban Meyer the Rick Majeris of football. A little bit, you yeah. Most He's people think that Majerus wouldn't have succeeded with his tactics right, the the NBA level. And he was was smart to to know, not not try try
0: A lot of college coaches win because they get to programs that have advantages and they have talent advantages routinely and they win a lot and then you get to the NFL and you don't have those talent advantages. Now Kingsbury is an interesting case because he's a Texas Tech and yeah, it's a Power 5 program, but it's not like they have advantages versus Oklahoma and Texas and Oklahoma State and maybe even a few other schools, Baylor maybe. So maybe he had figured out how to win without having those overwhelming advantages, whereas Urban always took jobs where the where the roster was loaded. I don't know. That Bowling Green was loaded. I can't speak to that. The next three were. Um,
1: uh, yeah, I don't know that Ohio State was. It got loaded.
0: It was easy to be loaded.
1: But I think that he had to clean up some mess, and then he creates messes too. But, I mean, you look at Trevor Lawrence. I mean, this is a kid who went like 86-4 and four in high mm-hmm. school and college. Yeah. And now he's 2-11. Yeah. Coming off a four-interception game. And Mac Jones looks like he's light years ahead of him. And then, what are you doing on that? That doesn't make any sense. I mean, Trevor Lawrence was a star probably when he was playing uh, the Ute Conference football.
0: Arizona Cardinals have lost star-wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins for the rest of the regular season. He sprained his knee in the game Monday night with the Rams. He is expected to undergo surgery on his injured MCL. His recovery window is six weeks, which would potentially allow for return in the playoffs if they make a deep run. Thursday night football. The Chiefs and the Chargers. Big game in the AFC West with the Chiefs sitting on the top spot and the Chiefs now... After a really bad start, they have rallied and gotten to the point where home field advantage in the playoffs is a real possibility. They're sitting at 9-4, tied with the Titans and the Patriots for the best record in the AFC. But the Chargers could win the division because they're only a game back. So, high-stakes game. Thursday night football tonight, 620 on Fox and the NFL Network. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. That's fine. We have nothing to hide. So we, we care about our players and our, and our that means our walk ons as well. So if
2: they want to question that, that's okay. We'll be, we'll be fine.
0: Kalani Sitake on the NCAA investigating their Built Bar NIL deal. Who? What? The NCAA investigating? Click. What are the rules? How could they have broken them because the rules are so fuzzy? There are no rules. I'm with you, PK. There are no rules. And on top of that, the NCAA does have a great knack for messing up PR stuff. And they messed this one up. So you got all kinds of stories about people getting one point whatever million, and now some walk-on gets six grand and they're going nuts? Okay.
1: They have no power. Uh, Bruce uh, Pearl, right? He got a two-game suspension. Yeah. The Four. guy treated, che- cheated, uh-huh. go ahead. Four years of probation. Yeah, and He cheated massively at Tennessee, didn't he? Yes. And now he's doing this, and he got a two-game suspension.
0: He has an assistant coach in jail, and the NCAA did essentially nothing.
1: And Chuck Person got canned. And Come on. Unless you are breaking the law or academic fraud... I don't want to hear about it anymore because everybody's been doing it for years and years and years. And you retweeted somebody, some coach saying, We've been doing this forever. Now it's just out it was, in the open. It was Jimbo Fisher, of Texas well, uh, Yeah. I've got 500 stories. And I, if I hear media people say, Well, they don't get anything, those media people haven't been beat guys. <laughs> and they've been gifted jobs and they didn't pay their dues to be at the ground level to hear things
0: as I've had for 30 years now. Jimbo Fisher about stuff being under the table, and now it's just over the table. And Lane Kiffin at his press conference was talking about it too. They oh, they're all... going to go to the ones that get the most money. I yeah, saw that. Yeah, they all know what's
1: going on. It's been that way forever. To say these kids don't get anything,
0: the stars, is so ignorant. Deion Sanders, Jackson State had the biggest stunner of the early signing period as they flipped five-star cornerback Travis Hunter from Florida State. They got him to sign with Jackson State. He was the number one or two rated recruit in the entire 2020 recruiting class nationally, depending on which rankings you follow. Yak, you think there's any NIL money changing hands there? There is a rumor that he has a big deal
1: in the works. The thing that I want to see is when Sanders gets the traditional uh, school offer, because he's big on the historically black college, and that's great and all. But when push but comes if, to shove and you're offered. If someone
0: from the SEC or SEC million, comes calling yeah, yeah, yeah. for five years and 15 million, are you going to take it? When Florida State comes calling for their boy.
1: Well, he just extended uh, Norvell. Oh, oh, come on, man.
0: Whack him. Whack <laughs> him. Wow, <laughs> yuck. You, what are you, a Florida
1: State booster? Oh, he he yeah. came on our show once when he was an assistant with the Devils.
0: He did. He did. I remember. <laughs> yuck, man. Bloodthirsty yacht. Well, if Dion's stealing guys from his alma mater, the alma mater might as well go hire him. Oh, Dion didn't steal him from his alma mater. It's an NIL deal. There's all kinds of rumors out there about how big the money is, and some of it is potentially massive. I don't know if, how true those are. But as it should be, take the money. Go on, take the money and run.
1: Especially if you're of that age. I have no idea what his family background is. In football, take you get, the money, you man. Get hurt
0: and you're done.
1: A uh, tennis. Take the money. money. I don't care what sport it is. Take the money. Uh, The people who tell you it's not about the money, they got the money.
0: Texas running backs coach Stan Drayton was hired as the new head coach at Temple University, which means right now, every SBS school has a head coach. All the jobs are filled. Now, maybe the NFL will come along and take somebody. Or maybe somebody will retire at the end of the year. Rich get richer, Alabama adds... Former LSU All American corner Eli Ricks to their top five rated signing class, continuing a trend of top rated transfers, picking the Crimson Tide. They're getting their pick of everything. What is Trending? It's brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801 295 1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Lincoln Kennedy will join us. LK with DJ and PK. That's going to happen next. Raider Radio and Pac-12 Network Analysts will join us. Hans Olsen, co-host of Hans and Scotty G. Coming up in the 8 o'clock hour, he's calling BYU's bowl game. And Joe Ingles, TBD, but he's coming up later this morning right here. Probably at 8.30 or 9, but we'll see what works for him. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. It is time to talk football right now with Lincoln Kennedy, Raider Radio Analyst, Pac-12 Network Analyst. He joins us right now on the Smart Rain Guest Line. Smart Rain, state-of-the-art smart irrigation controller, helps with first-class water management. Visit smartrain.net to learn how to save 30 to 50% on your commercial property's water costs or call 877-346-3333. Lincoln, good morning.
2: DJ PK, it's LK, wishing all of you and your listeners a happy holidays. What's going on, guys?
0: Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. And the story this morning that is spinning some people, people's brains here, Urban Meyer, out after 13 games. Didn't even make wow. one year. Now, there were plenty of people who didn't think it would work, but if you're trying to figure out when it won't work and they'll give up, 13 games, you better have taken the under. And I don't think many people would have taken the under on one year. But nonetheless, he's gone at 13 games. What do you make of it?
2: A little surprised. I mean, after all the hype that went in to bring in Urban Meyer out of what people, what he said it was retirement, um, back into the the game on an NFL level, having the first pick in the draft and everything else, a little surprised that they made it. But, you know, look, from the start, it seemed to be somewhat disastrous. It wasn't like Trevor Lawrence was, you know, they were making games. They, they were having trouble winning games. Of course, the off-the-field controversies didn't help. But, you know, from what I've heard is that the, the locker room just didn't believe in him. A lot of guys on that on that team didn't want, didn't want to deal with him. Uh, and then, of course, the last little story that came out about the kicker being kicked and getting into a little bit of a verbal tiff with, uh, with Urban Meyer didn't help. So um, I'm, I'm surprised the Jacksonville Jaguars did what they did, but – They've been in, they've been a franchise that's been a little bit of a, a, a rough spot, if you will, for quite some time right now.
1: You talk about how the locker room turned on him. You was you were a star in college. You played in the NFL, uh, so you understand the difference between college coaching and pro coaching. Uh, what do you need to do if you're a college coach to to get that credibility in the pro locker room? Because this seemed like right from the start there was all sorts of questions.
2: You have to win. That's what it comes down to. Pros will follow you. Guys will follow you if you win, if it translates into wins. I remember I was uh, doing the radio show with uh, Fox Sports Radio and Anthony Organo when uh, Chip Kelly was in Philadelphia. And I said from the very start, there was something about Chip that kind of rubbed me the wrong way uh, as a professional. You know, when he came in and he wanted to take over everything and do things like by science, I wanted to, he wanted to monitor how the guy slept, you know, what the, the food and everything else they were doing. I said, look, if you're on takeaway Taco Tuesday, then you better translate that into some wins. And it just didn't happen. You want you to have me run this fast-paced offense, sideline to sideline, where we're running 80 to 90 plays a game. We got to win. If not, I'm not going to believe in you because I'm a professional and I don't have have to deal with a lot of the things that you've dealt with on the college level. College coaches have total control over their programs. They can bring in who they want. They can train who they want. They can make the decisions who they want as far as players on on the on the, uh, on the field. You don't really have that same luxury when you're a professional because if your quarterback's making twenty five million dollars, you can't really justify him sitting on the bench. And I know that's low bid uh, these days. What well, quarterbacks quarterbacks are making, but you, you got to get my point. So it, it's got to translate into wins. And for Urban Meyer didn't work. Chip Kelly didn't work. And that's why those guys have some early exits.
0: So we can go through a whole list of, hey, this college coach made the jump, but these two didn't make the jump. But as the college game changes with the uh, transfer and with the NIL, I've been told by a former college player there are people who are going to retire in the next few years because college coaches have had the hammer, and they're not going to have it, and they're going to realize it, and people who are maybe, you know, 10 years from getting out will be getting out in three or four because they're not going to like it. Will it make it easier for a college coach to make the jump to the pros, though? Will they have to manage the team in a similar way?
2: No. Well, I, I, I never really thought about it like that. I, I guess they will. Right now with the transfer portal, you have, in, in my mind, free agency. It's amateur-level free agency. You have super seniors. You have guys that have been in college for – six, seven, even sometimes eight years, um, depending on the situation, and 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 they're all looking for uh, the, the best opportunities to stay on the field, to showcase their talent, to possibly move on to the next level. I, it's not about a degree anymore. It's really college football, or college sports, not just football. College sports is changing. Um, and and I don't know if that's necessarily in a good way. You're going to have places that are going to go to the highest bidder. Um, I do believe that athletes should be rewarded for their their likeness and especially what they bring to the game. But at the same point, with the transfer portal way it is, it's going to make it even harder because free agency is going to run rampant. That's that's what to me the transfer portal is free agency. Um, but as far as managing it, I don't know if that still translates to the pro game because. Yes, you got money at the pro level and everything else, but it, in most situations, a head coach has to answer to someone above him. When you're in college, you pretty much have control of it. You don't have a general manager. You have, of course, you have a college president or whatever athletic director, uh, director, but you don't have a general manager that you have to answer to an owner that you have to justify why this guy is not playing versus this guy. Um, it's a little bit more different, different But you know, to your point. I think it might be something in the future to consider uh, whether college coaches can make the successful jump to the NFL. I just think there are guys who are better suited for college than they are in the NFL.
1: Yeah, I think that's undisputed that that's true. But at the same time, Lincoln, it still amazes me. You already brought up Kelly. Forget Kelly uh, in his current job. He was phenomenal, like 46-7 and or something at Oregon. And then you've seen uh, Saban who was just phenomenal and has been phenomenal in college. It didn't work for him in the NFL. And the same thing with Meyer, who was phenomenal in college and it doesn't and we're not talking about like Cliffs Kingsbury right. in, in it was no, he wasn't phenomenal in college, no, um, no. and the Cardinals got it going on right now. We'll see what happens the rest of the year and into the future. So right now, today, it looks like a decent hire. But we had elite-level coaches, three elite-level coaches in the college ranks fail miserably in co- in the pro rank. i got to say, that is a surprise to me, to the level that they failed so miserably, almost like a complete opposite of what they had done, or in Sabin's case, what he was going to do in the college ranks.
2: Yeah, I mean, it is somewhat surprising. Uh, it, the guys that weren't able to make it work on the next level. But, you know, I'm one of those, one of those guys that believes, especially at the pro level, that a head coach in the National Football League has to be a good team manager. If he's one-sided, whether he's offense or defense, it doesn't always work out well because I've never liked the fact that a head coach will go while the defense is on the field. Offensive-minded head coach goes back and, and talks with his quarterback, sits down and looks at the, the, the little computer as they go over plays while the defense is out there. Or the defense coordinator takes over. I mean, I want you to be able to manage the entire team. I remember when Gruden first came to the Raiders, a lot of the defensive guys felt jaded because they felt they didn't care about the defense. you know. And, and so it's like, well, you know, why should we go out there and put the effort when all he cares about is offense? And, and I think that, that, that really deters a lot of teams or team chemistry, if you will. Um, and so – You know, when it comes to the pro game, it's really different. College, you you know, Nick Saban has total control over Alabama. He he recruits. He brings in who he wants. He can dismiss who he wants. No one's going to think twice about him. Why? Because he wins. Same things don't work on the professional level. If it doesn't translate into wins, like Bill Belichick has been able to do in New England, you're not going to give that coach total control of the car if it doesn't translate into wins. But Belichick has proved that he can do it his way, and it's worked for him.
0: It's interesting you say that about coaches and paying attention to the whole game because I was thinking, man, NFL Films got some great sound from Parcells when he'd go back to the bench and just light somebody up. But he was missing the game when he was doing it. Although then I thought about it, I'm like, well, he lit a lot of guys up standing on the sideline. There's some pretty good sound with him going after Phil Sims. Right. So you've got a massive game in the AFC West, the Chiefs. And the Chargers, the Chiefs are tied for the best record in the AFC, but the Chargers are only one game behind in the division race. It would be huge for them. And they have the Texans and the Raiders at the end of the year. They have got a great chance to win the division if... They can beat the Chiefs. The Chiefs have won six in a row. You didn't believe in Kansas City earlier this year. They thought there was a right. Super Bowl hangover. Do you think they've escaped that and played their way out of it, or you really like the Chargers? And yes, they, got to
2: they have. Uh, you know, the fact that they were ever able to add guys like Ingram have really helped out their defense. Their defense has played at a high level. Um, They still have some uh, back-end concern issues with uh, their coverage. But the fact is this offense is still potent. They've turned it around. Most teams don't do that. Most teams aren't able to add high-impact players that come in and contribute the way that that, that they were able to. But you know what? The thing about the Chargers, the Chargers have consistently, over the past couple years, played the Chiefs very well. They beat them early this year um, in Kansas City. Now they get them in SoFi. I think it's going to be a a, 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 a highly competitive game uh, for the Chargers' sake. You know, understanding the Chargers has been one of the biggest quandaries that I've really ever come across. You know, in years past, they started off slow and finished strong. This year, it seems they started off strong, and now they're finishing slow, kind of limping uh, along. But they're still in position. The cluster that's amongst the AFC teams allows the Chargers to still be in, in, in it. I don't think they sweep the Chiefs, but I think it's going to be a highly competitive game tonight.
1: You had the Raiders right from the start. It stunk, and it got worse. Are they they done?
2: (laughs) I hope so. No, no, actually, I can't say I hope so. We've got four games left. Um, I would like something positive to talk about, but in my estimation, guys, I I really believe that you you really have to start all over. I mean, it's to see how, how flat they came out against Kansas City when you talk about what you have on the line. And we're hearing stories that, you know, the quarterback's going around getting guys pumped up and all this other stuff. And I'm thinking to myself as a pro, like, I never need to be pumped up. It, it, you're, you're, you're making millions of dollars to play a game, and you need somebody to come and get you into it. More importantly, it's been somewhat disastrous, the fact that, you know, the, it, the inconsistencies on both sides of the ball have resonated throughout the year. Now, granted, the Raiders have been through a lot. Losing your head coach, losing your star players, so on and so forth. But at the same point, there's a level of professionalism that has to be, has to be you know, taken into consideration. And I have not seen that. Four games left, they're still in it if they can win the four games. But after losing, what, five out of their last six games? I don't know if they can win four games. I don't even know if they can beat a truly depleted Cleveland team in Cleveland this week, uh, Saturday, because it's going to be nasty, the wind's going to be up, the rain. This team can't run the football. So I'm not really sure what we're going to see. I would like to give something uh, nice to report about. I just don't know if it's going to happen.
0: We've seen several teams uh, turn their fortunes around. I mean, the season just keeps getting longer. 17, ga- 17 games gives the teams that start hot a chance to fall apart, and the teams that start slowly a chance to bounce back. The Bills got off to a great start and looked like they were right there side-by-side side with the Chiefs, uh, class of the AFC the Ravens started fast and have fallen off, and they had injuries really from even before the season starting. They were losing running backs, it seemed like. So I'm wondering if you think any of these teams that have kind of slumped here can turn it around, or do you believe in any of the teams that are, are, are coming on late here?
2: You talk about teams that have kind of woke up and, and made a name for themselves. You talk about the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Talk about somebody either like the New England Patriots. Yep. Speaking of the AFC, um, there have been a few that have come on strong. That's you know the added game. It's a very long season. And once guys get filmed on other guys and they're able to break it down, they can see what their strengths and weaknesses are before they have a chance to play them. Um, there's still a lot to be said about a team like Arizona, you know, in the position they are. Uh, but, of course, you saw them last week, this past week, playing against the Rams, how much the Rams stepped up to, to face that challenge. So now Arizona's not taking anybody by surprise. Well, it's interested to see how they finish the rest of the season. I say that to say this. Uh, it, it, it's great that football is competitive, and there is no sure, uh, for sure, uh, big names that are you know are or, or elite, if you will. Everyone has a way of being brought down the level. We'll see again tonight the way the Chiefs play in the Chargers, the way the Chargers played it, you know, it chased in, uh, in the possible division crown. So um, it, it really is fun to watch. I like competitive sports.
0: Lincoln, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks a lot, and we will talk to you again next week.
2: Sounds good, guys. Be well.
0: Lincoln Kennedy, join us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. While Lincoln was talking football there, Yock was busy working. Yock, what's the schedule going forward? All right, we're adjusting hmm. a little bit. Joe Engel's 8 o'clock, Hans Olsen at 9 o'clock.
1: I like that movie, While Lincoln Was Talking Football. It's right there with, <laughs> While You Were Link- Sleeping. <laughs> while Lincoln
0: Was Talking It's a good good title. Yeah. Heck of a sequel. I hope they make it. All right. 20 minutes till Joe, right here on 97.5 at 1280 of the Zone. This is Hanson Scotty. Let's do it. The Athletic Director of the University of Utah, Mark Harlan. I'm curious what the difference in financial impact a Rose Bowl is as compared to like an Armed Forces Bowl. Here's what I know to be true. It's not extra millions flowing into the athletic department in that way, but it's broader, a a lift to the entire university. That makes it such a special thing. I mean, on January 1, there'll be more people focused in on the brand of Utah, you know, maybe outside of the Final Four years ago um, on that day. And it's hard to put a value number on that. But uh, we're just most excited about all the energy surrounding the University of Utah. I mean, I think, guys, when this thing is said and done, we may have 60,000-plus fans based on some of the data I was looking at. We're going to be unbelievable in our representation of the game, and that's just so exciting. What kind of a show is this? Catch Hans Olsen and Scotty G every day from noon to 3 on 97.5-1280 The Zone, powered by kslsports.com. Hot Takes or Toast is brought to you by Utah Facial Plastics. Losing your hair? It's 2021 and you don't have to. UFP Hair Restoration offers a range of cutting-edge therapies to restore thick hair permanently. Just text HAIR to 801-960-3137 for 15% off any hair loss treatment or visit www.utahhairmd.com. So, how about the Jazz signing, Danny Ainge, his alternate governor and CEO. Brian says, good move, proven winner. Tua it says, terrible move. Zanuck will be gone in a year. There it is. The audience divided right out of the gate. I think Ainge has made that clear that he does not want
1: Zanuck's job. Uh, I don't know where Zanuck, Justin Zanuck, is going to be in a year. I assume he'd be here, but I don't know that Ainge wants that day to day thing. He stated it when he left Boston. He's done some, few, he did a few interviews along the way. He stated the same thing that he said originally. And here we are saying the same thing. He said
0: it like multiple times. So I believe that. I totally believe it. So what I would say the problem could be, and I don't know that it will be or it won't be, the problem could be, does he make the big decisions and whoever's in the GM, in this case is Justin Zanuck, but I think that this repeats itself across sports. But in this case, Justin Zanuck, or another team, whoever the GM is, doesn't like the call and thinks, this isn't going to work, I'm going to end up having to wear this, I better go find another gig.
1: Well, you'd said we had on yesterday Ronald Felberg. you know mm-hmm. he was the athletic director he wanted to be the athletic director but BYU wasn't allow him to being the athletic director in the way that Chris Hill excellent or whomever example. was right. the athletic director so he said wait a second I gave up a seven-figure gig to come be here I want to be the athletic director I can do this and I believe he could have done it to the highest level I mean, because I think Ronald Felberg is as sharp as any guy I've ever met in my life and so there was some conflict there about how much authority I'm going to have, so he said, screw it.
0: Right. And that, I think, could be more, because I think, and I thought Ainge really laid it out in the press conference when he said, I was working 16 to 18 hour days and I want to do it. I'll work every day, but I don't want to work 16 hours. Unless it's
1: like 45 holes. You, know, you might have a point
0: there. I don't know. I don't know how many free agents you can sign during forty-five holes, or how many uh, trades you, you can, have can a lot swing. Of conversation? Yeah, if you get the right person out on the course, uh. you just have to golf them into submission before they give you just, give you their just, all-star. Just, you're just on the phone. <laughs> give me that all-star for that second-round draft pick. All right, nine
1: more holes. Then I'm wearing you down. I know a guy who went. Uh, he worked for Larry Miller in the car business. He probably still does, but uh, he lived by me, He doesn't live by me anymore. And you know, Larry. Larry was demanding, but he paid his people very, very well. This, this guy's making big money, so he goes to this. It's a it's a local golf tournament thing, and uh, so Larry calls on the first hole. The guy doesn't hit a ball to like, the 11th hole.
0: (laughs) Just on the phone? Yeah. A little bit of talking and a lot of listening?
1: When Larry calls, you you take it. So, you know, you can get stuff done that way. Uh, But Ainge is... I don't think Ainge has guile about what he's after here. I, I think that he has stated it repeatedly. Now, we all heard. We knew of the relationship. It's obvious Uh, Money loves money, as my mother used to say a million times over. That's why nobody loved us. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) So so those folks who have got it, they run in those circles. So clearly he had a relationship with Ryan Smith. Ryan Smith loves his basketball, loves his golf. Well, so does Big D.A., that's for sure. So that was obvious, and he moved out here. Danny's been out here. He came out here. Uh, I think all of his, well, most of his family anyway. I know Austin's still back there in Boston. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if Austin makes his way out here. Uh, that would be something I have no idea, but I would look for that in, in some maybe, maybe not. Uh, but angel has got a life here, and now that Ryan Smith owns the team, and he said on the thing that uh, Saturday's owned it for a year, uh, I think that was... Yes, Last Saturday, yeah, yeah that's the problem. it goes goes. I know a fast.
0: year goes fast, yeah. yeah.
1: And so he's t- he's taken over, uh, and it was clear that Ainge was going to at least to us. We had discussed it. I told my wife yesterday that school was off, so she was home. I said, "Oh, the Jazz have uh, officially uh, brought Ainge aboard as a CEO." He says, "Oh," she said, "Yeah, that's what he said." And so yeah, we all knew about it, and that was likely to happen. So sure enough, it does happen. But uh, you know, I have to think that Zanuck... I would think he'd be comfortable, because I don't think Ainge is looking to. I got to be the man. I think it's a been there, done that thing for him. What more? What more does he have to prove? He was a very good player. He coached. He won the title. It seemed like you know, if you get one title, then you're placed on another plateau. Yep. Uh, the Celtics uh, kind of going in place a little bit. The it's funny, that the guy who stole Hayward from you, which seemed like the darkest hour, <laughs> yeah. seemed like it set the franchise back, it was on the come, and then Hayward goes and chases the stars that we all knew he was going to do. We set it, and we got in trouble for it, but we all knew it was going to happen, and that didn't really work, and now Ainge is with the organization that uh, is actually way better than Boston now, so it's funny how things turn out. But he's going to add something, as I said earlier, in the first uh, segment in the 7 o'clock hour, if you're going to hire your friends, hire a friend who's got 40 years of excellent experience in the business and knows a lot of people and can get done. Unless Ange wants to come in and eventually take over and I've got to get credit and all this stuff, which I don't think that's what he's after right now. At 60, It'll be 63 in March, I think. Uh, might even be St. Patrick's Day. Look that up for me. Go ahead, look it up.
0: I'm looking. <laughs> Stop. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think he was born mid March of 1959. So I don't think that he's coming in here looking to be the man so he can be an asset.
0: You're totally wrong. March 17th of 1959. That's St. Patrick's Day. You missed mid March by two days. I said St. Patrick's Day, didn't I? I don't know when St. Patrick's Day is. You're it's March
1: 17th, you idiot. Oh,
0: there you go. What do you mean you don't know what it is? Just what I said. Do you know what know. Christmas is? December 25, baby. <laughs> Yeah, because you get something. That's why. Exactly. And you don't get nothing for St. Patrick's Day. Agreed. Thing. If I'd been in Chicago and watched him die the river, I'd probably have a damn cold, because well, that would crack you me were up as there. a seven-year-old.
1: No, we're in Denver. Same thing. St. <laughs> Patrick's Day. <laughs> it's
0: not the same
1: thing. Denver, Chicago. It's not Come on. Thing. Big city.
0: <laughs> nope. Midwest. No. Nope. A little more Midwest. Nope. Not the same thing. All right, DJ and PK, we got to take a break. When we come back, Joe Ingles joins us next. Stay with us.